0: Hey guys, what is going on? Thank you for joining our podcast, the GAR Capital Official Podcast with your host, Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO. Welcome aboard again. It is episode 23. Let's talk earnings, the big, big third quarter earnings. Actually, this is for the second quarter, but we're in the third quarter, technically the fourth quarter. So again, either way, <laughs> it is time for earnings season. It's time to know exactly what your favorite companies your companies that you're invested in and how they're doing and how it works in the market well you know what guys you know earnings is something that we talk about uh also in our teaching course on options uh it's this super bowl week happens four times a year four quarters in a year right well again guys earnings reports are not again exact science and exactly how they affect a stock you know usually uh people think you know with a good earnings report the stock will go up not exactly all the time that's not necessarily true uh, there's a couple things you want to know when it comes to earnings first thing is expectations number one write this down i hope you have a pen expectations is key you can find out the expectations for any earnings report on your brokerage uh, account online um, i use td ameritrade personally And they'll actually show you the non gap estimate, consensus estimate. Now remember when it comes to expectations, there's consensus, meaning everyone combines into one estimate. But again, most of the time, most analysts don't come up with just one expectation. And when you have earnings for a certain company, you have analysts that are just focused on one company or one sector. So let's give an example for, for Apple. Apple is the biggest company on the planet. So let's use them for an example. Uh, you'll have someone on Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, uh, any one of these brokerage houses or banks, Bank of America, Citigroup, that actually will focus entirely on Apple. Usually one or two people, most of the time is just one analyst. Uh, that'll just be researching them, uh, future earnings, R and D, um, profits, uh, expenses, Everything, they're going to analyze their recent quarter, the quarters before that, growth, their chart. They're just going to master or focus on that one stock. So, again, when you have an estimate from an analyst or an expectation, remember, you're getting expectations from all of those analysts from different banks. Now, again, if it's a smaller company, maybe they'll just have one or two. But for a company like Apple, there should be several. So, let's keep that in mind. So, again, expectations are not just set as one number. It is expectations from a consensus view from all the analysts. So the things that people, when it comes to expectations, there's two numbers. Everyone looks at EPS and revenue. So again, you look at EPS as earnings per share. So when you see estimates in regards to a dollar uh, figure, whether it's a dollar 64, 5 cents, 45 cents, $4 and 66 cents, $2 and 92 cents. It's basically their earnings per share. Earnings per share. This is how much they earned based on per share basis. The other thing is revenue. How much sales are they drawing? That's the number that I look at the most earnings per share is a whole different ballgame, but I like revenue because it tells me how much sales they have, how much income are they getting? Are they closing deals? Are they moving product? Is their inventory up? So again, if an Apple company like Apple beats their revenue number, again, you're talking about a company that's moving product. They're making sales. Sales cures all as Mark Cuban said. So again, to me, that's the most important. And then of course, the third one is profitability. Again, you wanna know how much their profit is. Again, profit is revenue minus expenses equals your profit. To me, I always say that profit isn't exactly the best way to verify a company, but again, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you can kind of fluff profit by just cutting costs. If your earnings is a dollar and, your, and your, rev, uh, your earnings revenue is a dollar is and your expenses are 50 cents, you get 50 cents profit. But if you cut down your expenses to twenty-five cents, you'll have seventy-five cents in profit. Are they more profitable? Yes, but you cut down a little overhead. Maybe you laid off workers. Maybe you shut down some plants. Um, maybe you're giving less bonuses, less pay. Again, to me, I never, I don't think about cutting costs as more as bringing in revenue. I'd rather see the company bring more revenue than cut costs. Cut costs to me that they're just not as, they're not as bullish or more confident in the future than a company that's looking into you know, expanding. I want to see companies spending, especially in a really good economy. I want to see expansion. I want to see more factories. I want to see more hiring. I want to see more sales, not profitability based on cutbacks. If I see a company that's cutting back on overhead or cutting back on workers or, you know, laying off workers or buying out workers, that's not a great sign to me short term. Long term, is that sustainable? Yes. But again, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'd rather see more of a uh, revenue standpoint. Revenue to me is key. For example, like a Netflix, their main drug revenue is subscribers. So I wanna see subscriber base go up. Subscriber base doesn't really work with a, you know, a Clorox, because there's no subscribers for Clorox. But again, you're looking at you know, Netflix and their number, subscribers is their main source of revenue, and that's where the revenue comes in. For Clorox, their main revenue is, how much did Walmart buy? How much did Target buy? Again, I'm really moving product. But you know, with Clorox, they're a consumer staple. And a discretionary meaning you know you still need clorox even in a recession to clean your house or clean your tub again that's not something that people say i'm not going to buy clorox anymore or buy their wipes and not like that but they're pretty pretty um uh, they pretty much have multiple products they just don't have one product so they're very diversified so again that's just an example of what we look for so what we talk about earnings, again guys expectations that's the main thing you know eps revenue and profit growth now let's say apple beats all three all three, you will think stocks are gonna go up, right? It's gonna have to go up, not necessarily. I want you to think about when it comes to the market, it's not as, a pay, it's not as simple as that. The market is very opaque, meaning that it's, it's not as, as direct as that. When it comes to the market, you have to, you're kind of, I hate the word you use, bet, but you're bending on the direction of the movement, where up or down, that's just what it is. So just because a company is showing good numbers doesn't mean their stock is gonna go up. People could take profit and people could still sell. It's still based on, again, like we talked about last week, supply and demand. So, again, if a company does extremely well in their earnings, great EPS, great revenue, great profit, and it's really great, maybe some investors say, hey, we're not going to expect this to happen again. This, has been the, this is the best it's going to get. We're going to sell the stock and sell on strength. So, again, that does happen. So that's why it's very difficult to bet on an earnings report because you're betting on the direction of the market rather than the earnings. That's the key here. I want you to really think about that for a second. When you're betting on earnings, you're not betting on the actual earnings. You're betting on the direction of where the market's going to go. So again, even if they beat, it could still go down. And inversely, if the earnings are terrible, you know, what have you, it could still go up. Now we'll talk about that. So expectations number one. Number two is guidance. That's the big thing, guidance. Most companies, I would say, if not all companies, always give some kind of guidance, what we call forward guidance. What guidance means is that what they're expecting in the future for this company, whether they're gonna adjust their forward guidance for the year, you know, their fiscal year, or their fiscal quarter next quarter. Now, if Apple says, hey, we're expecting to sell more iPads, more computers, more phones next quarter, we're gonna increase our guidance that's usually a good sign for the stock. That is a better bullish bet than just earnings again, because earnings is trailing. It already happened, but forward guidance is a way to kind of front run or see any future growth in a stock. So again, guidance is very key. I always say guidance is a main driver of future bets or future downfalls, which you're buying or selling than anything else in the earnings report. So that's why conference calls are very important. Again, You can listen to any conference call on Yahoo Finance, Google Finance, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, what have you, Fidelity. All those have available. You can listen to the conference call. Is it boring? Yes. Could you read the conference call? Yes. Or you could just read reviews on it on like a Reuters or a Twitter, and you'll see people tweet about it, you know, forward guidance. Again, you don't have to listen to every investor call. If you're very into it, I recommend it, especially stocks on big stocks that you own. Maybe you have a lot of Apple stock. You may want to listen to those conference calls. Maybe you want to listen to Amazon's conference call. Maybe you want to listen to Boeing's conference call. Again, that's really up to your discretion. I feel that if you are a very passionate investor and you want to learn more, conference calls are a great way to get a little bit of feedback in your earnings. Again, these guys work for you as you're a shareholder. These guys work for you. Again, I'm talking on the investment side. So again, keep in mind that conference calls are very important. Forward guidance is very important. So those are the two things that we're looking for. Expectations and guidance when it comes to earnings. So with that being said guys I want you to really really think about what you're doing in regards to the market and positioning yourself ahead so here's a couple of things I want you to look at if you own let's say uh, on Tuesday we have a report on Verizon they say no I say caterpillar caterpillar may be a little more volatile so let's look at let's look at um, a caterpillar stock a caterpillar stock right now Let me go ahead and bring up my platform here. I'm gonna go ahead and type in CAT. CAT is trading at $131 a share, $131.32 a share, right? If I'm gonna go to tools or analyze and I'm gonna go to earnings on Caterpillar, looking at uh, fiscal year third quarter 18 implied 37.95%, historical volatility. This is volatility again. Let's go ahead and skip that. Let's just skip that. So, looking at earnings. We're gonna go ahead and bring up fundamentals. Uh, I wanna bring up earnings here. Earnings schedule is October 23rd, which is Tuesday. Let me go ahead and bring up here buh, 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 buh. Caterpillar. Oh, give me one second. All right, Caterpillar. Click on it here. Okay, their estimate range here, for example, is the highest estimate, like we talked about consensus, is $2.97. Their average estimate is $2.73, and their lowest estimate is $2.55 for the quarter. So again, this is the consensus is $2 and 73 cents. So last quarter, quarter two, we had non gaap earnings of $2 and 97 cents. So we're looking for a little bit of a drop in EPS growth. So if you own stock, let's say you own a hundred shares of Caterpillar. All right. So a hundred shares, again, not a huge position, but you own some, you know, $131 and 32 cents. That's $13,132 you have in stock. Again, pretty up to position, all relatively speaking. So what I would do in regards to earnings, if you own the stock, not trading it, is maybe buy some puts against it. Buy some puts for the week. Again, you can look at some puts right now. I'm looking at the volume for the October 26 puts. It's $3.40, a little pricey, depending on where you are in regards to finance. But again, this will provide you some downside risk and some downside protection. If the caterpillar falls, let's say Caterpillar falls and you had 10 contracts at $1.30 strike with strong volume of 15,470, right? If the stock falls, let's say it falls 10%. Okay. 10% again, big number 10% on the stock is $1,300 that you would lose on your value of your stock. Now again, it's not realized because you still own the stock, but if you have those puts, the $130 puts and the stock's now at 121, maybe you can make those $1,300 back. Think about that. So let's buy, let's go ahead and click on the ask, $3.40. I'm gonna go ahead and buy, you know, you're gonna protect yourself for $1,000, your downside risk. You spend $1,000, which is, you know, three contracts, which is 300 shares, whatever. So you're buying at $3.40 times 300, it's $1,020. Okay. So your downside risk, let's say if it fell 10%, again, $1,300. So Let's keep in mind that with Caterpillar, if the price falls and the actual demand shoots up on the puts, $3.20, let's say it goes to $5. So let's go to $3.20 to $5. That's 56% growth, 56% of $1,020. You made $571. You made $1,591 even when the stock fell down. So again, that would give you a net gain if the stock fell 10%. First of all, you would make a lot more on those puts, but again, it's a protection. You'd still be out net $291. You'd be up $291 in profit and you could take that, that risk off the table. Now let's say Caterpillar crushes it and goes up and your puts are basically null and void and it falls down thousand dollars. I mean, you pen a thousand dollars, it goes to hell, it goes worthless, but your stock fell, rose about 5%, 10%. Well, guess what? You made $1,300 anyways. So again, your value of your stock went up, which actually with your, with your puts protected it. So again, I want you to think of puts, buying puts in the options side as protection. So again, protection meaning insurance. Let's say I bought car insurance for my car. Again, if I never use it, my premiums are basically, you know, if I pay $200 a month for my full coverage insurance on my car, that's $200 times 12, it's $2,400 a year. Again, I'm not gonna get that $2,400 back. What I'm paying for that $2,400 is peace of mind that it covers my $40,000 car. So what's more important to you? Your underlying asset being worth more or your contract being paying out? That's really up to you to decide. But again, my $2,400 on my insurance contract for, let's say, progressive, if my car crashes, if something happens to me, my $40,000 is covered. So at least I'm covering my asset. Think of puts that way. So you can always trade puts, buy puts against your your downside risk on your stock. So keep in mind, you want to protect yourself if you own the stock. So that's one way to play earnings. Another way to play earnings, as you know, is pure speculation. Where do you think the stock's going to go? Let's look at Caterpillar here. We have a break of support right around 133.74 on a daily, 134.22 on a daily. Break of support at 130, 132. Caterpillar, as you know, has some risk because due to China, again, are we expecting big numbers here? Industrials have fallen here and Chinese GDP is uh, down. So again, I'm a little bearish on CAT. I own the stock. So personally, I will buy some puts to protect my positions. But if you're just a speculator in general, I wouldn't buy it right now. But if we are looking ahead of time on Monday and we get some good volume, take a look at those 130s, $3.40 on the ask. Or you can actually be in the money, if you prefer, at $4.35, 21,000 volume. Again, we like high volume trades because we can get rid of our contracts quicker. So that's the other play to play. You have protection and you have pure speculation. Let's do the speculation side for a second. If I wanted to say and give you the equation of a speculation, it's like me buying an insurance contract on your house. And I know you're an arsonist (laughs) in a sense like you like to burn things and you like to test fireworks. We're more likely your house is going to burn down. So I'm going to buy insurance on your home. technically in home insurance doesn't work that way. You can only insure what is yours. I can't insure what is not mine. But again, when it comes to the derivatives universe, which is options here, we can insure with puts and calls any way we want, the way we want. So again, it's a speculator's dream as long as you're doing it correctly. So with that being said, let's talk earnings that are coming up. So now we talked about exactly how earnings works, what to expect, and, you know, don't try to predict, try to react. And we talked about expectations and guidance. So let's talk about what's coming up on Monday, the 22nd, we have Kimberly Clark, and these are the names that I'm looking at. Kimberly Clark, again, consumer staple, not really, I don't really trade him, but again, we're seeing if uh, maybe Procter and Gamble may have boosted them up, but Procter and Gamble really set the bar pretty high. I don't know about Kimberly Clark. I'm saying way in general, uh, Kimberly Clark. The only thing I like about Kimberly Clark for the most part is their uh, dividend, and they are going to pay their dividend no matter what. So again, you shouldn't have to worry about them anyways. But if you do want to take a look at Kimberly Clark, the stock price is 110. Uh, Let's see here on trade, see if there's any options on it. Not really. I mean, there's some on the 104 side to the downside, but I wouldn't trade it anyways. So just keep in mind here. And if you're interested on Kimberly Clark, what's their uh, their payout in regards to uh, dividend? I'll go ahead and give it to you right now. Their dividend is 3.63%. I do like Kimberly Clark. I just wouldn't buy it ahead of earnings. If it gets to the downside, it would definitely scoop up some shares. Uh, let's go ahead and get to uh, 23rd of October. I'm just going to go over a couple of names that I'm looking at for the week. Verizon Communications. I like Verizon with at and t We talked about that on Instagram live a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's Verizon and it does pay a 4.39 percent dividend yield. It is like a utility, trades-like a utility. It's a telecom company. Uh, we're expecting them to beat their earnings. Again, doesn't matter. Um, again, it's not a big mover. You're not gonna get you know a 5% move on a Verizon, it's not gonna happen. But it is on the high week, on the high range of the 52-week high. So it's at $54.90. Their 52-week high was $55.90. I still like it long term. Feel free to take a look at Verizon. Um, again, don't buy it ahead of earnings. I'd wait till after. McDonald's, I'm expecting a really good quarter from them. Again. Uh, Now more of a consumer staple than a discretionary. Personally, Uh, the cheapest meal you can get uh, in the United States, 2.77 annual dividend yield. I think they're going to really knock it out of the park. Uh, The only deal with McDonald's is that in regards to one year, uh, they're actually below the S&P. But again, I still like it long term. I am an an actual holder of the company. Uh, But again, either way, I do like them to the long term. I think they're having a great turnaround story. Uh, next one is Caterpillar. We talked about that earlier. So again, I'm a little bearish on Caterpillar. I own it. I just, anything with China, even Jim Cramer says anything with China or the Fed or yields, be very careful. It's almost innocent to prove it guilty in a sense, uh, guilty to prove it innocent. Excuse me. Uh, they have to show that China is not affecting them. They have to show that Fed is not affecting them. And the Chinese GDP slowing does make me a little nervous with Caterpillar. I'm not going to sell it, but definitely some downside puts, I would buy some puts ahead of time to hedge myself. Absolutely, just like we talked about. I'm definitely gonna do that. Uh, Lockheed Martin, again, um, the only thing, I mean, maybe the Saudi thing may have an issue, but I don't think Saudi Arabia's uh, relationship with us is gonna change much in regards to the reporter. But again, LMT is a good stock to own long-term. It's defense stock. Uh, again, you know, if you're bullish on war, I guess, 2.68% on the dividend yield, right in the middle of the 52-week range. Uh, it is green for the year, but lower than the S&P. So again, I'd rather you own Boeing personally. I think uh, Boeing's a little better. Personally, I own Boeing. I do not own Lockheed Martin. But again, Lockheed Martin, I would rate them as a buy, definitely. Uh, Again, just not ahead of earnings. I won't expect any kind of big moves. Uh, Microsoft, again, love Microsoft. I own the stock as well. Uh, Not real much exposure to China at all. Not exposure to the Fed at all. So again, I'm expecting a bullish run on them. I think they crush it. Uh, Solid yield, 1.69%. I think the cloud is a great play. I still think we have a lot of upside. Uh, on Microsoft, again, one of the big leaders in the uh, S&P 500 and the Dow Jones. Uh, it's up nearly 35% for the year to date. I'm only expecting to go up, and personally. Uh, Visa, I like long-term. Again, another company that, well, it's a company I don't own, but I like Visa. Again, it doesn't have any exposure to banks or any exposure to credit risk. They're just a payment processor. And with a very strong consumer out there buying, 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 um, absolutely. And they're spending money. Visa is the way to go. I still like them 30% year to date, and they hiked their dividend on the 17th, 19%. So again, they're raising dividends. That's a good thing for me. Dividend isn't exactly the best. It's only 0.71. But again, it's a good way to show that Visa and their management is definitely betting on them long-term. So I definitely like Visa. Uh, AT&T, love their dividend. One of my favorite companies to own. They don't have the best balance sheet in comparison to Verizon. Verizon's kind of eating their lunch and growth. But at and did buy Time Warner, so again they had to kind of get into debt for that. I don't see them touching their dividend. Of course not. Six percent, paying about two dollars a year, uh, annual dividend. Six percent, six point oh eight percent yield. PE ratio is pretty solid at seventeen. Um, again, I think they, either, I think they beat, but I don't expect them to move as much. They are dragging down the S and P. They're not uh, keeping up with the S and They're actually down about six percent for the year. But again, you're holding that name not for growth. You're holding that name just for the yields. But To be completely frank, uh, Verizon, you're getting both, just a couple of points less on the dividend. But again, you're still getting slight growth. Verizon has a better balance sheet. So again, I wouldn't be against owning either Verizon or AT&T. Boeing, own Boeing. I love Boeing, 356 a share, uh, 1.92% dividend yield. PE ratio is a little high, 2.478. Not terrible, but again, up 35% for the year has been a strong, strong player. Um, I think they actually crush it. They do have a little bit of exposure to China but they have so many orders in regards to their planes and military hardware that I'm not even worried about it. They're set for the next 10 years, in my opinion. Uh, Next on the Thursday, the 25th, Amazon. Amazon, everyone knows Amazon. Second uh, largest company on the planet Earth. Uh, I love Amazon. I I own Amazon. Uh, 80% uh, up year to date. They're up huge. PE ratio is out of whack. Obviously, uh, it's an expensive stock relative to earnings. But again, it's an aggressive growth stock. You know what you're going to get here. I think they absolutely crush it. I think any kind of pullback, you buy Amazon with both hands. Uh, Google privacy issues. I kind of lump them in the same deal with Facebook. Um, Alphabet kind of makes me a little worried. It's the least it's the one I least like among the fang names. So they're up about 12% year to date. Uh, Definitely lagging behind Amazon, Apple, Microsoft and all those guys. Uh, PE ratio 29.68 doesn't pay a dividend. Um, I think they beat but again, they're getting away from, I think, Google Plus or the Google Hangout, what have you. Um, so again, I, Google is always gonna make money. That's not a problem here. But again, the privacy issues kind of concerns me. I expect them to have a little more of a down day. If you wanna go ahead and get a little way for way more pullback to buy in, I'm for it. If they pull back below $1,000 a share, I'm not against it. Again, have a long-term horizon on Google. But again, um, again, if you wanna buy it, uh, that's fine. I'd rather you just be in Amazon instead. But, you know, maybe Facebook is a little cheaper, honestly. I'd rather just maybe go into Facebook instead. I, and Facebook has been beaten down. So, again, you can imagine. But I would say Google would probably, uh, it's a decent decent bet, but I prefer Facebook instead. Uh, looking at Intel, oh, another China one that's, you know, chip makers are getting crushed. Micron, AMD, all those boys. Intel, I'm expecting to fall to 2.73%. I think they'll beat, but I think uh, just forward guidance with China tariffs just make me worried. Uh, if they fall a little more, I'd rather you just be an AMD, NVIDIA, or Micron than Intel. I'm Not a huge fan of Intel right now. I think uh, what they're paying out in, in dividends, the other guys don't, they get to save that money. And I like that. It's funny, I like dividends, but again, I also like the companies to save a little money personally. That's just me. And those are some of the names that I do like, or I'm still looking at. But again, you have to kind of see all around other companies, you know, we have a lot, a couple more weeks of earnings. So those are the couple names that I am watching. I don't want you guys to just bet the house on anything. It's not really worth doing. Don't bet the ranch on anything that you do, guys. Always be cognizant of the fact that, always look at expectations. You wanna look at guidance. You know, those numbers are very important. If you wanna take a look at those conference calls, that's also a very smart move. If you own any of these stocks that are coming up this week, hedge your positions, buy a little bit of puts, Again, I recommend it. If you have traded options before, it's like buying an insurance contract on your current positions. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. You don't need to do it. If you have it in your 401k, I'm talking about if you have it in your brokerage account, that's it. So again, guys do not feel scared. Do not feel intimidated by earnings reports. Again, this is a great way to see some volatility. So if you're a day trader, you're absolutely grabbing your popcorn because you're excited for what's to come. And if you're just a long-term investor, These kind of quarter-by-quarter moves shouldn't even phase you at all because, again, you have your long-term targets your long-term terms. Again, options are a great way to hedge your position ahead of time. So, again, a lot coming in, guys. Be very, very careful. Again, use proper risk management. And, of course, do your research. Again, it's going to be a fun earnings season. Our clients will be ready. Our team will be ready as always. So, again, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, episode 23, Let's Talk Earnings. We'll catch you for next episode soon. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining me again.